Welcome to The Commentaries, a podcast series from TAN in which you'll learn how to read and understand history's greatest Catholic works from today's greatest Catholic scholars. In every series of The Commentaries, your expert host will be your personal guide to not just read the book, but to live the book, shining the light of its eternal truths into our modern darkness. Visit TANCommentaries.com to get your copy of the book and to subscribe for access to all the great reading plans, new episodes, bonus content, and exclusive deals for listeners of the commentaries. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the commentary series on the Dialogue of St. Catherine of Siena. I'm Sister Mary Madeline Todd, a Dominican sister of the Congregation of St. Cecilia in Nashville, Tennessee. Today is day five of our series, and we'll be discussing the beginning of St. Catherine's explanation of Christ the Bridge. We'll be looking at the section from the Tan Book Editions in the Treatise of Discretion that begins with a subsection of how the road to heaven being broken and goes through the subsection on how this bridge is built of stones which signify the virtues. As we begin today, let us begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Eternal God, Eternal Trinity, You have made the blood of Christ so precious through His sharing in Your divine nature. You are a mystery as deep as the sea, The more I search, the more I find. And the more I find, the more I search for you. But I can never be satisfied. What I receive will ever leave me desiring more. When you fill my soul, I have an ever greater hunger, and I grow more famished for your light. I desire above all to see you, the true light, as you really are. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome back to our series. Last time we discussed the Father's revelation to St. Catherine concerning for the need for the virtue of humility in relation to penance. We saw how humility leads us to walk in the truth about God's infinite goodness and our littleness and need. This humility enables us to exercise prudential discretion. This whole section of the dialogue is really discussing this great virtue of discretion. In undertaking a penance that is motivated not by our own pride and vanity, but by true charity. Especially in helping us to discover that the primary penance to which each of us is called is to accept God's will for us with patient love. Patience for St. Catherine is always a mark of a soul who is really journeying faithfully with the Lord. As the treatise on discretion continues, the Father speaks to Catherine about the big picture of salvation history and the role that his incarnate son plays in our salvation. So he addresses to Catherine a kind of summary of the story of humanity and how the disobedience of Adam created an irreparable rift between God and humanity. We know that when Adam and Eve chose to disobey God, 
This led to a, a primal break in the communion with God that he had willed and in which he had created our parents, Adam and Eve. So this loss of communion with God didn't just affect man and woman, but now there would be this kind of disorder. We see that humanity becomes subject to struggles from himself, from the devil, from the world, but even that all of creation suffers from the introduction of evil into the world by disobedience. Uh, the Heavenly Father points out to Catherine that so soon after the fall of humanity, there's this flood, these raging waters, and this image of these uncontrolled waters that would lead to death and destruction becomes a very key image for this section of the dialogue. But we know, and, and the Father reminds Catherine, that the Father never willed for us to remain cut off from Him. And so he reveals to Catherine and to us through Catherine and in all of sacred scripture that he would repair that infinite chasm that was created by sin, that rift in the relationship of communion that he longed for with us. So the Father sent his Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, as the bridge, the bridge by which humanity could cross and come to the Father. This image is a very rich image, and it is a central image for the dialogue. You cannot understand this work without understanding the image of the bridge. So it will be introduced here, but it will be unfolded in so many chapters of, of this great work. So the Father says to St. Catherine, I've given you the bridge of my son in order that, passing across the flood, you may not be drowned which flood is the tempestuous sea of this dark life. So just as in the flood that came at the time of Noah, the Father uses the image of the flood as everything that is leading us to destruction. The Father explains that the bridge of His Son reaches from heaven to earth. That Christ, the Son, the bridge, came from heaven to earth, he came from the greatness of divinity and he took to himself our humanity without losing anything of the greatness of his divinity. The Father points out to Catherine, nothing of this world would have been sufficient to bridge that distance between God and man that came with sin, but that the Father willed that the Son should take on human nature so that humanity might be restored to the loving union with God that was at the very core of our creation and our being. The Father notes that this restored unity He willed so that humans might return to the true happiness we were made for with the angels. Disobedience was never meant to be the final word. And through the loving obedience of the Son, this bridge is made so that humanity can cross to the Father. Catherine responds by begging the Father to show her those who are the ones crossing that bridge and those who are not crossing it. And she asks of God in, in just a heartfelt plea, what heart could keep from breaking at so much divine tenderness? And she uses a phrase here that is found often in her writings, that it seems as if God is utterly mad with love for His creature. And, and she ponders how God has no need of us. 
He made us completely in his freedom and his deep desire to show his goodness to us and that he chooses to love us in such a way that he cannot live without us. I mean, this, this love becomes for Catherine a source of marvel. It never ceased to, to amaze Catherine that we could be so loved by God. But before the father shows her the different souls and her, her request to see, you know, who is it that's crossing the bridge? Who is it that's not? He first wants to instruct her more about what is the nature of this bridge, which is his son, Jesus Christ. He says that this bridge has three steps, two of which were made with the wood of the Holy Cross and the third, which came to be through the bitterness of the gall and vinegar that Christ was given to drink. So he starts with this principle of, it was in his passion that Christ formed, in a sense, the three steps of this bridge. He then explains that each of the three steps also relates to three states of the human soul. And here we see a real parallel between the spiritual theology of St. Catherine and that of most of the great writers of the spiritual tradition. Uh, so we're going to unpack this parallel as we go on in this explanation of the bridge. The first step is aligned with the affections of the soul. So our affections and our souls, what we desire, what we long for, which the Father says are purified as we climb onto the first step, which is the pierced feet of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So if you can envision this bridge as Jesus himself, it has three steps that align with the body of Christ. So the first step is the feet of Christ. And this, in the journey of the soul, is aligned with that stage of purification. When a person who has been trapped in patterns of sin, a person who has been disobeying God, literally is willing to step up onto the feet of Christ, meaning leave behind the life of sin and be purified of sin and vice as one learns to walk with Christ, walk literally on the feet of Christ. Now, if a person undergoes freely and voluntarily this purification and begins more and more to walk with Christ and not in the ways of sin, then that person literally ascends through the grace of God, through repentance, through purification, to the second step, which the soul climbs that bridge of Christ to the second step, which is at the heart of Christ. And here, seeing the open side of Christ, gazing on the heart of Christ. The soul knows how much it is loved and is consumed by that love. So when we see the pierced heart of Christ, when we come to know how deeply we are loved, that second step is the one of enlightenment. And the person who now purified of the major sins in life, maybe still, still, of course, always undergoing the purification of anything in us that is not of God, but now knowing him or herself in the love, in the heart of Christ, this soul begins to grow in virtue. Having been filled with this love of God, the soul longs to ascend even further. And if along that illuminative, that beautiful way of enlightenment, that way of growth and virtue, the soul perseveres in walking the bridge, then by the love of God, the soul can ascend to 
the third step, which on the bridge of Christ is arriving at the mouth of Christ, where one becomes so united to Christ that the soul receives the kiss of peace. This is that unitive phase. This is the phase where having exercised purification, having walked in virtue, having been full of the grace of the Lord, knowing the soul is loved, the soul now becomes so one with Christ that it experiences peace. So the father explains to Catherine that when the son was lifted high on the cross, humanity now had the possibility of crossing Christ the bridge to union with God. And through his loving obedience unto death, through that perfect obedience of Christ, our Savior, our disobedience and sin can be healed and we can be restored to the life of grace. And therefore, we can ultimately be blessed with that abiding peace that comes from our union with the Most Holy Trinity. The Father continues to describe this bridge, this bridge formed by Christ, by which we can cross to the Father. And he tells Catherine that this bridge is built up of stones that signify the virtues. The Father explains to Catherine that before the coming of the Son in His incarnation and the graces merited by His passion, death, and resurrection, even those who strove to live a life of virtue were unable to do so perfectly because heaven had not yet been opened by the blood of Christ. So the Father says that it's by the power of Christ's blood that humanity was wed with the mortar of divinity and therefore strengthened with divine fortitude and love so that in and through Christ, the solid stones of virtue could be built into a wall. So all the efforts of humanity to live well for God were not efficacious for our salvation until Christ poured out his blood for us. But now mixed with with Christ's blood, with the virtue of Christ, now the stones are solid stones that can be built into not only a, a common bridge, but he uses this image of a bridge that's built of very sturdy stones held firmly together with this mortar mixed by the blood of Christ. And he goes on to say that this bridge is a walled bridge so that it has these stones not only that we can walk along, but it has walls beside us and even a roof. So that this, this bridge is a sturdy, a solid bridge. And the Father points out to Catherine that this is so that when the winds that come, the temptations, the, the, the kind of tempests of the devil, the flesh, the world come, the person who walks along this bridge is very secure. And he tells her that along the bridge, there is also a dwelling place a shelter or a refuge. There is the shelter that is the Holy Church. And within the church, along this bridge, pilgrims can find a place of rest and refreshment that built up on this bridge of stone, this structure, this, this place of refuge is a place that gives the bread and the wine needed for the pilgrim to have strength for the journey. Of course, this is this magnificent Eucharistic imagery that Christ, by giving us in this very self, gives us the strength we need so that we will not faint of hunger as we journey along the bridge.
And he further says that along this bridge, one comes to the door who is Christ. So Christ is, in this beautiful metaphorical image, the way, the truth, and the life. As Christ is the bridge, he is the way along which we pass so that we can come to the house of the Father. He is the truth that can confound the lies of the devil. So at any point when we're experiencing discouragement, temptation, despair, Christ is the truth who can free us from that deception and lead us to the Father. And He is the life to which we come through receiving not only the gift of the Eucharist so that we have strength for the journey, but He is the life that we will receive as we cross along the bridge and come to the end of our earthly pilgrimage, our ultimate destiny with God forever in heaven. As this section ends, the Father says to Catherine that if a person will not step onto that bridge and will not cross over that bridge and stay faithfully on the bridge, who is Christ and who ministers to us in his church, such a person passes by way of the river. This river, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, is the raging waters that lead us to destruction. There is a powerful current that the Father says leads to our drowning and our ultimate destruction. This is the current, the deadly current of the river below the bridge that if we try to pass through this life without Christ, without the aid of His church, we're subject to all the lies, the deceptions of the devil who literally wants to lead us to our destruction. Now, the Father will tell Catherine more about that in the next section. But this part on the bridge is so hopeful. If at any time a person wants to step out of that undercurrent, that, that destructive flow of the river, they need only step onto the bridge of Christ. And as we step onto that first step of the bridge, the feet of Christ, the purification of the soul who wants to leave behind the currents of destruction and discover the path of grace and truth, we will find the merciful love of God, the grace we need to ascend Christ the bridge and walk along the way of truth unto life. And that brings us to the end of this fifth segment of our study of the Dialogue of St. Catherine of Siena. Next time in our sixth segment, we'll be continuing with our discussion of Christ the Bridge, and we'll be looking at the sections in the Tan edition in that Treatise of Discretion, the subsections of how traveling on both of the roads, trying to straddle between the way of Christ and the way of the river is fatiguing, to the subsection on the baseness of those who would pass by the river under the bridge, in which the sorrows that come from this way of destruction are contrasted with the joy, the joy that the Lord wills for us, that we experience when we walk the way of Christ the bridge and persevere on Christ the bridge to come to the loving embrace of our eternal Father. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. This has been an episode of The Commentaries, a podcast brought to you by TAN. To follow the show, study more of the greatest Catholic classics, 
and to support the commentaries and other great free content from TAN, visit TANCommentaries.com to subscribe and use coupon code COM25 to get 25% off your next order, including the dialogue and countless more spiritual works to deepen your interior life and guide you to heaven. Thank you.